Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. You know, we are continuing uh, the, the series, The Hunt, where we're talking about joy, and this weekend is our last weekend, and I'm excited about sharing just a few moments about that. But I do want to take a moment and just tell you how much I appreciate you guys, and um, you know, uh, the last um, couple of months, we've been talking to you about the new season that our church is stepping into, and um, how many of you know that, that man, when you serve God and... and um, you walk with God. God has a way of always amazing you and taking you into these exciting seasons, and that's the kind of season we as a church are in. We are embarking in this journey of stepping into the future boldly, understanding that God's given us an opportunity to continue to reach people, that uh, God's not called us just to say, you know what, man, we're happy right here, and we've got our seat, and our kids have got their spot God's sending people into this city, and God's given us the opportunity and the tools to continue to reach people. And the part of that vision is this West Campus and the facilities that we'll be able to build out there on that 108 acres. And it's a beautiful place. And the uh, new kids building, that just all of the things that we're going to be able to uh, do. And um, being able to have a West and East Campus and positioning us in a place that uh, we're able to uh, reach this community for Christ. It's exciting. And I just want to tell you how proud I am. Um, you know, you guys have stepped up and, and just gotten on board. And so many of you have made this three-year commitment to say, you know, what? over the next three years, this is what uh, my family or we as individuals are believing God to help us to be able to do this. You know, this has always been about faith. It's always been about taking steps of faith for us as a church. And from uh, day one, 15 years ago, when Creekwood started in my living room with three families, it was a step of faith. When we moved into Rogene Worley or we were in Mansfield High School, it's always been a step of faith. And it's, it's been people that have always said, you know what, we believe that, that we need to take these steps and, and go on this journey that God is calling us. And you sit here this morning because of people's sacrifices that people have made. And, you know, this has never been, again, about a building or about land. It's always been about people and that God wants us to continue to reach this generation, next generation. And, uh, you know, this card that, that uh, if you've not had an opportunity to get one of those cards, and so many of you I know are still praying about it, you're still processing and trying to really see what God would want you to do. And there is a blue book out, out in the foyer called Beyond and a commitment card. And I just want to say this about that commitment card. That commitment card is, is important and the reason why it is, is that it's not that we are going to call you or show up at your house saying, hey, you made this commitment and where, where are you at on this? It's just, it helps us to be able to know how to move forward into the future. And so um, I know, again, um, what I want more than anything is just for you to hear from God and what, you, what God wants you to do. And, and 
um, turn your cards in when you can, and uh, I know that this is going to be exciting. You know, this last week we had an exciting uh, moment where we were able to to uh, really stake off where we were out there with the architect and being able to actually stand, and we were like, you know what, right now we're standing in the auditorium, or right now we're standing in the kids' building, and it's just exciting. And and to, to begin to see this happen, it's just mind-boggling. So I want to just personally thank you for your generosity and uh, just continue to do this. And and we are going to see God do this. Amen? Well, grab your Bibles and go to Philippians. We are in the book of Philippians. And in, in this book, there are four chapters. And the great theme of this book is it's all about joy under pressure. And the Apostle Paul wrote these four chapters. If you've not had an opportunity to read this book, it's, it's a great, great read. And it's just um, so powerful how he teaches us how we can have joy. You know, having joy, doesn't it feel good to have joy? Okay, four people <laughs> said, like, everybody... We enjoy being able to have true joy, not just like I got happy one moment, but you know that kind of joy that, that just goes with you. It feels good, doesn't it? And the Apostle Paul teaches us some things about that, and we want to look at and says this, and let's read this out loud together. Um, Philippians 4, verse 4. It says, let's say it together. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. It sounds like your mama because he repeats it. Our mama's repeated things, so we got them. And and the Apostle Paul is repeating this, and he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Don't you love that scripture? Rejoice in the Lord always. That's a great scripture to put on your coffee mug, right? Or maybe get you a magnet on the refrigerator and that says rejoice in the Lord always. We love to look at that and maybe put it in different places. But there are times I don't like that verse. Like, for example, if, you know, Friday when it was pouring down rain and it was cold and, and rainy and the wind was picking up. And let's just say that you, like, had your favorite tinnies on, the white ones that you love so much. And you were looking really, like, you had your, like, you were looking great, and you got in your car, and you're driving in the rain, it's cold, it's nasty out, and you have a flat tire, and you have to get out, and you have to change it, you're getting wet, you're getting all muddy, and then you go to lunch with a friend right after that, and you're sitting there telling them about what just happened, and they just look at you with this smile on their face, and they say, rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> like, you want to, like, lay hands on them, but you don't want to pray. You're like, I'm like, no. When your boyfriend cheats on you, you don't want somebody telling you, well, just rejoice in the Lord always. When your spouse lies to you and you tell somebody, you're talking to them about your spouse lying to you, and they just look at you and they say, well, you just need to rejoice in the Lord. Like, no. Really, Paul? We're supposed to just like rejoice when you get a letter from the IRS. Ooh, I'm not hitting a nerve right there. All you young ones, just wait. 
There will come a day that you will check the mail and it will say the IRS and you are like, you will carry it in like it's like a bomb. I hope they're not like the IRS can hear this. They think of me talking about bombs. Um, (laughs) We don't like it. It's fun to say be happy and have joy when everything is perfect, but this doesn't make sense, and you want to just tell Paul, really, and when you start to read the context of this scripture where he, you start to understand that, that the Apostle Paul is in prison, and, and, and like he doesn't, there's, there's all, every reason for him to have anxiety and worry because there's so much uncertainty about his life. He's in, again, um, he's in chains, and he doesn't know if he's going to ever get out, and, and you can imagine, again, he's got all of this going on, and this is worry, and he just keeps on talking about this annoying word called joy. And you are like, come on, Paul, and you want to just like, let's talk about something else because I just kind of want to skip through it. And he goes on, and he says in verse 6, if you want to jump over there, he says, do not fret or worry. In other words, he's talking about anxiety. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petition and praises shape your worries into prayers. Let God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. How could Paul rejoice when he's locked up? And again, you know, it's, it's so easy to, to kind of just skip through and skim through scriptures and but these scriptures that Paul writes are loaded full of truth. And you have to kind of stop, and this is why you got to search a little bit. you got to dig a little bit deeper. This, is, this is, is such a deep, deep word that he's given us that if you're not careful, you'll miss it. And you'll just kind of like, you know, when you were a kid, when you got a card from your, you know, relatives or grandparents, how many of you, like, you opened it real quick and you didn't care what the card said, you just were looking for money? You know, did your grandma send you that $5 check? <laughs> you know, and you felt terrible, you know, when you were a kid, you were like, oh, awesome, I'm going to get this fit. You know, you didn't even read the card. You didn't read the words, how powerful. They probably picked them out and they really put a lot of intention in it. The Apostle Paul, you, you go back to the first verse in verse 4. He says rejoice, and I'm so glad he doesn't just tell us to be fake and just be rejoice. But he says this. He says rejoice in the Lord. He says this. He says rejoice in the Lord. What does that mean? He goes on in these verses in verse 6 and 7, and he talks about this, of, about praying and, and praises and, and let that start to shape the, the, your worries and, and letting God know your concerns. What's he talking about? He's talking about the fact that one of the most powerful things that you can do in your life is to be in the presence of God. What he's teaching us here. And listen, if you don't hear anything else I say today, the joy that you want in your life does not come when your circumstances are all perfect. What he's teaching us here is that the joy, you want true joy, the deep, deep joy 
That is not superficial. You learn to understand that that joy only comes when you are in the presence of God. The presence of God. Do you know that God's presence equals God's perspective? When I get in God's presence, it changes my perspective. What most of us are trying to do is we're trying to change our circumstances and we're trying to fight and control our our life and control the, the life that is thrown at us and we're trying so hard and we can't control it. And what the Apostle Paul tells us here, he says, you need to to be in God's presence. Listen to me, never underestimate the value of being in God's presence. See, we don't really understand God's presence. What most of us only understand is we understand the side of the, the fact that God is omnipresent. What does it mean when we say, <clears throat> That God is omnipresent. When we say that God is omnipresent, it means that God is everywhere. And we understand that. We believe that, you know, God's everywhere. And, and this is, we're, we're kind of happy with just the understanding that God is just kind of floating out there and he's everywhere and he's all over. And as, as powerful as it is to understand that God is omnipresent, there's something greater than the fact that God is omnipresent in your life, that he is just everywhere. The greatest, greatest source of joy in your life is experiencing the manifest presence of God. It means when, when God manifests himself to you, this is why, do you know that God wants to manifest himself to you? God, God wants you to be in, a, in his presence. And there's a different level of being in God's presence than just understanding is everywhere. It's understanding I am experiencing God's presence. See, we complicate this thing. Most of us are are, are a little nervous about it. We look at the God's presence as something that you want, you know, like, man, I don't know, and I don't know if I like. I don't know if I can really be in God's presence. And you're like, you know what, I, I'm, man, I did this, I did that in my life. And, and, and again, it's just, it gets kind of complicated. But do you know that God's greatest desire for humanity is to be in relationship, is, is to walk with you? God, God wants to be with you. It's kind of crazy how much like to think about, doesn't it make you feel good when you think about that God wants to be with you? You look at the beginning of time, you go back to Genesis, and you see that in, in the first chapters of Genesis that where Adam and Eve actually walked with God in the evening, and they had this personal relationship. It's like, it wasn't that God was everywhere. It was that God was with them, and he was having a conversation with them, and it was a, it was an, it was a manifestation of God in their life, and sin came along, and all of a sudden, what do they do? They start hiding from the presence of God, and God shows up, and looking for them, and they're, they're, they're like, you know, we were ashamed, and this is what a lot of us do. We, we feel like our sin disqualifies us from being in the presence of God, and you're like, I'm just kind of like, like, you know what, 
I'm just kind of showed up here, but I'm not qualified to be in God's presence. But listen to me. God wants to be in the presence with you so bad that he was willing to send his only son to die on the cross for you. And your sin does not disqualify you from the presence of God. In fact, the presence of God is, is what qualifies you as the grace of God. And in the forgiveness of your sins. There are two reasons why uh, I believe that we find it difficult to, to be in the presence of God for a lot of us. Again, number one is a theological barrier in our life. Depending on, on, on different theology that you've been taught. That for a lot of us, uh, um, you, you kind of look like God. Look at God as he's kind of like the state trooper up in heaven. That he's just waiting around to give you a ticket. And to pounce on you, and or maybe you were brought up in the theology that you were taught, the beliefs that you kind of have in your life is that God's just a God that He operates in a box, and He's kind of like He's just out there, and He does whatever He wants to. And and, and I'll just tell you this: that you start reading the Bible, that you, the Bible is full of stories that we serve a God that it works outside of the box. Why would we think that the fact that that God walked with Moses and spoke to Moses? Why would we think that, that, that the fact that, that God spoke to Elijah, God spoke to Ezekiel, God spoke to Isaiah, why would we think that God doesn't want to speak to us? But we live in a world, in a culture where, where we don't understand what the presence of God is. You know, you think about passwords. How many of you struggle remembering? All the old people need to remember, raise your hand up here. You, you, you have a hard time remembering passwords. So you have to kind of, like, they're all the same, and anybody can guess them probably. You know what the password to God's presence is? It's worship. This is why worship is so important. I know sometimes we have the mentality of, you know, it doesn't matter if I show up right on time into service and let them sing a couple songs. I'm just, I just kind of want to get in there, and, and, and I'm not getting on to you if you show up 15 minutes late every weekend. Maybe I am a little bit. <laughs> but I love you enough to tell you the truth. You're missing something powerful in your life. You're missing the presence of God. And you enter into this presence and, and, see, again, I think we complicate it. You know, some of the most powerful pr moments that I've had in the presence of God, I wish I could tell you it's been here at the church. The, the most powerful moments I've had in my life in the presence of God have been when I go in my closet at the house and I cl close the door and I lay on the floor and my shoes are, are everywhere and, and I'm just laying on my face before God, crying out to God, and nobody's listening but just me and God. There's something that happens to you. And so many times we're like, well, I don't know what to say to God, and, and I don't know what I should do, and how, how does that work? And it's just, it's, it's, it's understanding that, man, I need the presence of God in my life. And listen to me, the enemy's greatest strategy in your life is to get you to not to value you being in the presence of God. Because again, when you are in the presence of God and you take those moments where you, where you, you say, I, I need to be 
in the presence of God, it's, it's where your perspective starts to change. It's where you can walk through some of the darkest moments of your life and know, I have heard from God. I have this peace that passes all understanding. I have this courage and this strength. Why? Because I've been in the presence of God. And this can happen anywhere, but one of the most powerful places that it happens is on the weekend when you show up and you value church and, and, and you say, I've got to go to, to worship. I've got to go get in the presence of God. The presence of God is important. And I, if you don't hear anything else I say today, you've got to value the joy you're searching for in your life you will rejoice when you rejoice in the Lord. You spend time in the presence of God. This red ball that I have up here, it represents the presence of God. And again, I, I believe it is the, the target of the enemy in your life. The enemy is not so much trying to convince you that God does not exist. Satan is not trying to convince you that God's word is not true. He doesn't even care if you read the Word. He doesn't care if you believe in God. What he doesn't want is a relationship with God. And so what he does very early on in your life, in fact, you see it, I mean, you can see it like clockwork in the lives of our students. It starts very early on. The enemy starts to train us to become preoccupied with the worries of this life to become so anxious in our life with every problem that we have that he starts to preoccupy us. And what happens is, as a student, a high school student, a student is already thinking about, man, do people like me? Am I going to make the team? Am I, am I going to cut it? Do I, am I going to be able to have friends? Man, I was doing so good. Man. <laughs> Am I, am I going to, like, like what, what am I going to do with my life? Should I go to college? You know, you know uh, um, what, what career should I pick, and, and where am I going to go to college? And, 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 like, do I get a roommate, or do I get an apartment? And you start to worry about all that stuff, and then you get in, into an apartment. <laughs> I'm going to get one right there. You get an apartment, and you, then you start having roommate problems. And then out of nowhere, you meet somebody, and you're in love, and now you're wanting to get, like, get serious, and you're like, I think I want to get married, and like, like we're going to have kids, and we're going to get a, a, a house and 2.3 kids, and I don't know where that boss going. <laughs> Is he, like, trying to hit me in the head, I think, today, huh? And you're like, all this stuff is happening. You see, and you're, you're worried, you're trying to do your best, and you're worrying, worrying about all that stuff, and you're like, let's, you get married, and, and, and like, you're like, then you're like, man, I'm not really happy with my career. I've got to catch you with two hands. Um, I'm not really happy, like, I'm not happy with my career. I think I want to switch another, you know, like, get another job. We don't have friends. Like, I'm miserable. Like, I, I think you, you start worrying about all this stuff. And then you're anxious about, like, oh, my word, my, so, like, like my social life and my, my, my social media that I have and, and, and my Twitter. I've got to manage it, and i got to think about Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to get closer and closer. It's like my Instagram. That was a good one there. I just got to catch you with your You know what I'm saying? Whoa. 
That's good. <laughs> I think he's trying to hit me. He has tried really hard all four services to hit me in the head. You see how all the craziness is happening. And I just walked you through the craziness of most of our lives. And what did just happen? I just lost track of the presence of God. I don't know where the presence of God is because I'm just anxious and worried about all this stuff, and I'm just trying to do my best, and I'm trying to make everything perfect, and, and, and I'm stressing about it, and the enemy gets us doing that and focusing on all that, and little by little, our life becomes all about this, and we lose track of the presence of God. And listen to me, the presence of God is where your joy is in your life. Parents, listen to me. One of the greatest things that you can teach your kids is how to be in the presence of God. It's to value the presence of God. Psalms 1611 says this, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's an incredible scripture. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In God's presence is fullness of joy. And then it says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, one of the interesting things of, of, of what's happening in our culture today and in, in this generation is in, in doctors and scientists have, have given it a, a, a term and it's called anhedonia. And anhedonia actually means the inability to feel pleasure. And there's, there's all different types of anhedonia. There's, there's social anhedonia. There is musical anhedonia. There's even sexual anhedonia. And where it's, it's basically our brains are being so stimulated with so much that we have this inability to feel pleasure. Like musical uh, anhedonia, it's where you have, you have listened to so much, exposed yourself to so much music that you don't even feel the music anymore. Social anhedonia is the same thing that, that where you are just exposed to so much that you can't even experience it. You can't feel pleasure. And, and one of the things, the reason why is that, that our brains are being stimulated 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're always checking our phones. We're always, we're, we're always looking at something. We're thinking about something. Uh, our brains are, are just being as much. Listen, I love technology. And it's, it's changed our lives. But our brain scientists are seeing that it has ravished our brains. We have 50,000 channels of on TV, and we're looking at all this, and our brains are going a thousand different directions. You know, I found it really interesting that, that it says, they said that the greatest fear of this next generation is not disease or death, it's boredom. We can't even go to the bathroom without our phones. I know this is hard to believe, but there was a day we didn't have iPhones. It was hanging on the wall. And you were really uptown if you had a long cord. 
If you wanted to tr- talk privately, you, you drug that, that cord all the way into the next room, and you were like, like you let it go, and it would go all the way back. And you think about what, it, what this is doing to, to us, that, that our brains are just being bombarded with so much that it, it, takes, it takes something extreme to get our attention. It's the same way with somebody that has sexual anhedonia that is addicted to pornography. This is a dangerous thing, and, and listen to me. Our, this generation right now, has more access to pornography than any other generation has ever had. Your kids at, 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 at any second could look on the internet and look at pornography. This is why parents, you need to be asking your kids, what are you looking at? It's your responsibility. But what's happening though, again, this is this inability We are living in a world that right now we have this inability to experience pleasure and it moves itself into our, it's even affecting our capacity to experience God's presence. Because we don't know what it's like to be still and know that he is God. Our brains are racing a million different directions and for us to actually shut it all off and turn it all off and say, you know what, what I need more than anything else in my life today is I need the presence of God. I need to be in God's presence. I know some of you are like, you know what, I prayed one time and God didn't answer it. He didn't give me what I wanted, but aren't you glad that Garth Brooks chapter three, verse one says, God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayer. Those of you who don't know who Garth Brooks is, so you're a millennial. But brother, brother Garth has done a lot for us. I don't know where that came from, but it's, it's, it's the 11 o'clock. Where was I? like... <laughs> So many of us, we, we just kind of throw out something and like, well, you know, I prayed for God to give me a dog and I didn't get a dog. I prayed for God to give me, you know, that girl and, and you know, like, just go look on Facebook and see that girl that you prayed for. You're going to thank God <laughs> that you married who you married now. This isn't about you trying to get something from God and we got our little list and we're superficial. This is about a relationship with God that you just go, you're like in this, this relate in this, in the presence of God where you learn to shut it all off. You learn to turn it off in your life. And listen, the Bible is so full again. Um, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me. It says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Never underestimate what can happen when you get in God's presence. And again, don't complicate this. This can happen tomorrow morning when you get in your car and you're driving to work and Everything within you wants to look at your phone. I know it's elite. you're not supposed to do that, but people do that. You want to, you know, listen to the radio. You can't have silence. 
What if tomorrow morning you were to get in your car and you just said, God, my life is, I'm all over the place. And the, the last thing in my heart that I feel like that I can have is joy in my life. And God, I just, I just want to be in your presence. And maybe you play, you, you, you play some worship music. You know, there's been times that I've been going through some of the darkest moments in my life. And, and, and let me just tell you, I'm so grateful for Creekwood. I love you guys. I know as your pastor, I'm supposed to love you. <laughs> but I really do. And here's why I love you, because you let me be myself. I have a lot of pastor friends that they don't have that privilege. They don't have that freedom. And, and I love that you guys have been okay with me, you know, years ago that, that, that I shared with you that my struggles with anxiety and my panic attacks. And, and man, it's, it's an ongoing battle to this day for me. And there's lots of moments that I, I'm like, God, I, I can't do this. And there's, there's moments when I think of all I can do is go get in the presence of God. And sometimes I don't even know what to say to God. I just got to play some music and worship God. And, and God's presence is it, it's something powerful. I just want to tell you there's more. There's more than what you are experiencing. You don't, listen, this God is not some far off God. He's a God that loves you. He's crazy about you. This God that has saved your life, he wants to be with you. He understands everything you're going through. And there are going to be moments when you can't just like, it takes all you got. You go get in God's presence and you're going to walk out. Maybe the circumstances are not going to be changed whatsoever, but you are going to come out with this peace this joy in your life that you are like, you know what? Man, I love my life. I love God. You are in control. And my perspective is, is that you, you are with me. You're walking with me. You love me. You care about me. Never underestimate the power of the presence of God. Be willing every day to say, I am going to have an appointment with the presence of God. I'm going to have that moment. I'm going to have that moment where I'm going to turn it all off, where I'm going to put everything aside. I'm not going to have the TV going, looking at my phone and looking at all this stuff and worrying about, I, I just got to get in the presence of God. I want to invite our worship team to come down to the front and we're going to end today a little bit different. And I, I, I want to give you an opportunity today. I want to give you an opportunity today to just experience the presence of God. Right there at your seat, what I want to ask you to do is just to close your eyes. You know, closing our eyes, there's nothing magical or special about closing our eyes. It's just, it's allowing you to focus. For some of you, maybe, what you need to do right now is just take a deep breath. Maybe take this deep breath because you feel like there's an elephant sitting on your chest.
the enemy has thrown all of this anxiety and this worry on top of you and made you want to freak out about your life. And in this moment, would you just open your heart to God? Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.